Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 70 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. I'm your host. Uh, welcome to 2021. I hope everybody had a happy new year. I'm ready for, you know, a better 2021 for sure. Uh, this is my first show of 2021, so we're ready to get started on the right foot. Uh, for those that are new to the show, maybe, maybe your New Year's resolution was to, to start getting into rugby and you're giving the DNVR Rugby Podcast a shot, welcome. Uh, the way we start the show every week is, is by jumping into the breakdown. The breakdown is the weekly aggregate of news. We start locally, we move globally. And the first big piece of news I wanted to talk about is is probably the biggest thing I saw floating around during the holiday break. Um, and that is that Rugby United New York has had some ownership changes. Saw Matt McCarthy of Rugby Wrap-Up broke this story. Uh, he, he blasted it out there. I believe it was on Monday right around the same time that um, John Elway was announcing that he's stepping up. He's failing upwards into the Broncos organization. So um, that's kind of dropped all at the same time. So if you, if you like rugby, you're into rugby, you might have missed that news if you're also a Broncos fan. Um, but he, he did a lot of good content on it, wrote an article on it, put out some videos on it, and I'll go ahead and read you some of the stuff that, that he published out there on Monday. So he said, this is big news. Here's the club's statement. Quote, Rugby United New York is bringing in the new year with changes to its ownership structure. Bolton Equities has become the majority share, shareholder by purchasing 100% of shareholding from of Farnay Group, owned by James Kennedy. James Kennedy has announced his res resignation from the Rugby United New York board, as well as the MLR board, effective January 1st, 2021. Guy Bolton will remain chairman of Rugby United New York board and represent Rugby United on the MLR board. End quote. Guy Bolton's statement. Quote, 2021 is a year of opportunity for Rugby United New York with our change governance, a dedicated and talented squad of players, coaches, and front office team. Rugby United New York is ready to take the organization to the next level. We all can't wait to get stuck into the 2021 season, no matter what has thrown our direction. Rugby United New York would like to thank James Kennedy for all he has done to get the club to where it is today. End quote. Uh, I don't know James Kennedy at all. I've never met him, never talked to him. Um, but I know he's a massive part of the reason that professional rugby exists in the United States today. Uh, sounds like he was doing a lot, a lot, a lot of work to, you know, make Rugby United New York a thing, um, you know, and get and get the MLR to where it is today. So I'm interested in the reasoning, but I'm sure that will all come out in due time. Everyone has their reasons for doing things. So uh, that's kind of the first big piece of news I want to touch on the breakdown. Second big piece of news uh, I saw is another piece of ownership news, and it was surrounding uh, the Sharks of South Africa Super Rugby. And something that I, I have been, you know, noticing for a while, I've seen that the Sharks were for sale for a few months. Uh, and according to South Africa Rugby Mag, an American ownership group has purchased the controlling shares of the Sharks for around $6 million, I believe the number was. So obviously when, when I see the Sharks are for sale for a while, I see an Amer American ownership group has has taken the initiative and bought the Sharks. It's kind of perched my ears up. So um, it is crazy to think about when, when you look at $6 million as the price in comparison to some of these numbers we get seen thrown around in the NFL and MLB and all that stuff. NBA, like bench players are making $12 million a year or whatever in the NBA. So uh, we look Patrick Mahomes sign of what, a $500 million deal last summer. The Cowboys are valued at $5.5 billion with a B, according to Forbes. Uh, the Broncos in that same Forbes article are valued at $3 billion. So relatively speaking, $6 million is is not that much, you know, looking at all this stuff. Um, but it kind of shows how far rugby still has to go 
but it also shows there's legitimate interest in, from American, you know, businessmen, sports people. And that's kind of a cool thing to see. So I'll go ahead and read you like half of this article. Uh, so quote, in a move designed to bolster the Sharks' ambitions of becoming a global force in world rugby, the KwaZulu NATO franchise has welcomed a dynamic new investor as their majority partner, a statement read. MBM Holdings, an international investment consortium spearheaded by Marco Mazzotti, has entered into an agreement to purchase a 51% majority stake in the Sharks, the current shareholders, the KwaZulu Natal Rugby Union, and Supersport International will hold the remaining 49% of the franchise. The financial terms of the transaction are confidential. In addition to Mazzotti, the members of the consortium include Vincent May, Chairman and CEO of Crane Mir LLC, Mark Lazary, founder of Avenue Capital and owner of the NBA Milwaukee Bucks team, Doug Sifu, CEO of Virtu Financial Incorporated and owner of the National Hockey League's Florida Panthers, Robert D. Haswell, founder, founding partner of Dominus Capital, Dominic Sylvester, CEO of NSTAR Group Limited, and Michael Yormark, president of Rock Nation Sports International. Rock Nation will assist with the global expansion of the Sharks brand. So obviously some some huge names in there, some you know really recognizable names like the Milwaukee Bucks and the Florida Panthers. And for those that don't know Rock Nation, that's Jay-Z Sports Agency, you know, company. So obviously some big stuff. Uh, I think the, the Rock Nation will assist with the global expansion of the Sharks brand. It's pretty interesting. Um, so this could be something that we are just seeing, you know, the very beginnings of and could see some they're trying to turn the Sharks into the Yankees or the Lakers or the Cowboys, for instance. And um, so, like I mentioned before, it's kind of kind of cool to see, you know, American uh, people throw some big money around, especially for, for a, a franchise as iconic as the Sharks, to me at least. Like, I know the Sharks. When I see the Sharks logo, I recognize the Sharks logo. I know I'm a little different being, you know, a, a rugby guy, but... Uh, it's just something I thought was interesting, something for sure to keep an eye on. Uh, it kind of just shows, you know, rugby's kind of moving up the, the hierarchy. People are seeing this as a legitimate, like, ben business venture, and that's kind of cool. Um, so that's the second big piece of news I wanted to talk about. Um, and I guess I'll take a little interjection here, just talk about how hard it is to read when read aloud. You, it, it sounds weird, but <laughs> it's like... I read this so many times in my head and it just doesn't come out of my mouth, right? And I know just like reading ad copy and stuff, I bet a lot of people say the same thing. So don't come for me. I swear I can read. It's just hard to read aloud sometimes. Uh, so the last little bit of piece of news I wanted to talk about um, before we jump into the interview with Sean Clark. And before we talk about the rugby, you can watch this weekend, of course, to wrap up the breakdown. Something I stumbled across in the MLR Fan Zone Facebook group. So for those that don't know, groups operated by Ty Braga. Uh, and the fine folks at the Rugby Fan Zone, that podcast, make sure you go check that out, record every Wednesday, post it in the fan groups all over Facebook. Uh, but I know someone posted an article regarding the Crossover Academy, threw a comment on there, um, said I had, you know, made a bunch of content, post published the podcast, got to promote the podcast, got to promote some of the written stuff I've been doing, uh, grow the brand, of course. Uh, but as a result, you know, people are giving their opinion, commenting on all this different stuff on the uh, on the camp, on the program, all that stuff. I was getting notified about all that, obviously, because I threw my name into the ring when I made the con the comment. And it, I just thought it was interesting to see some of these comments that people were making about, you know, what they thought about the program. And I was honestly, like, pretty surprised to see how many people were against the idea, shooting the idea down, 
Uh, I just am confused, like, why isn't that good for rugby as a whole? But like I said, I'm genuinely curious as to what people have to say about this whole, you know, program, this whole situation. Always looking to hear from anyone and everyone regarding this stuff. Uh, and seriously, if anybody has any questions, anything you want to know about what's going on, uh, about any aspect of the program, let me know. And I promise I can either answer it or I can find someone way smarter than me who knows the answer to that question. Uh, so send them my way. Um, but it was kind of cool to be a fly on the wall. It's kind of cool people see learn, you know, see people learning about the program. Um, and like I said, I'm always here as a resource. If, if anyone wants to know, that's literally, you know, my job is is to cover this rugby program. You know, cover rugby here in Colorado, uh, and I'll do my best to to get people the information they're looking for. So let me know. Send me a DM. Um, get in touch with me. Like I said, you can always get in touch with me on Twitter at dnvr underscore rugby at Colton Strickler. Uh, if anyone you know, want to know anything about the program, just don't be afraid. Shoot me a tweet, shoot me a, a DM, whatever. We'll get your questions answered. So, uh, and of course, we'll be talking a little bit more about the Crossover Academy as things will get rolling here next week. Um, we talked a little bit about Sean, and then I'll, of course, go over it in the loop. So, we'll close out the breakdown uh, with all the rugby you can watch this weekend. So, we've got a couple fixtures for Premiership. We've got Bath versus Wasps on Friday at 12.45 p.m., uh, Sale versus Worcester on Friday at 1 p.m. Newcastle versus Gloucester on Saturday at 7 a.m. Exeter versus Bristol on Saturday at 9.30 a.m. We've got Harlequins versus London Irish at 8 a.m. on Sunday. Uh, you can watch those matches on Peacock, of course, and, of course, all of those times are in mountain time, so you can sprinkle in a little bit of rugby. Get your super wild card weekend or whatever they're calling it on the NFL channels. Started with a little bit of rugby on Friday afternoon. Uh, Saturday morning and of course Sunday morning uh, get those matches in before the the football games start and then uh, just got two premier sh or excuse me Guinness Pro 14 matches that you can watch this weekend got Glasgow Warriors versus Edinburgh tomorrow at 12:35 p.m. and then Zebra versus Benetton on Saturday at 6 a.m. and of course you can watch both of those matches on ESPN plus either catch them live or catch them after same thing with Peacock uh, you can go back and rewatch that stuff so uh, that does it for the the breakdown this week. Uh, like I said, a lot of stuff that, that caught my eye and a lot of things I wanted to mention. And, uh, yeah, so that's it for the breakdown. We'll go ahead and jump into the interview portion of the show now. Had a good conversation with former Monmouth tight end Sean Clark about his transition to rugby from football. Uh, I'm looking forward to everyone checking that out. Uh, little, you know, a little bit of background on Sean. He's a tall fella. As you'll come to learn in the conversation, Sean is six foot eight, played tight end at Monmouth, like I just said. Had a workout with the Indianapolis Colts leading up to the 2020 NFL season. Uh, was playing in the spring league. I think that's how you know he talks about how that's how the Crossover Academy found him. Um, it's been pretty well documented. I've tried to at least well document it, the, the relationship between the Crossover Academy and the spring league. Uh, yeah, and he's just that just goes to show the type of guy Glendale's going after to build this team. Um, they're going after elite athletes. They're going after guys that, that just narrowly missed out on the NFL, guys that are still trying to get into the NFL. Um, and that's kind of something I want to talk about, something I talked to Sean about after I shut the recording off, which is a rookie move by me. Got to leave the recording running. But a lot of these programs or these players that make up this program, they're, they're trying to still play football. This is another avenue for them to stay in shape. Um, learn a new sport. Obviously, anyone that's ever played rugby, you know, you learn a lot of different skill sets. So I'm sure Sean will brush up on his tackling. It just turns you into an all-around better athlete. Um, you develop new strengths. 
it's obviously a, a great way to stay in shape with the, with the cardio and all that stuff. So, and this is something that, that it is a fluid pro this program is very fluid. And if you listen to the show I did with the director of rugby, Mark Bullock back in September or whenever it was, when he kind of announced the program, uh, he talked about, you know, if other opportunities arise, whether that be in the NFL in the NBA, um, you know, because the, these, that's their ultimate goal, right? Is these guys want to get to the peak of their sport they're going to let them go, right? Like that's the whole point of this thing is they're going to let them go. They're going to let them chase their dream. Um, if rugby becomes their dream, that's obviously, you know, better for, for everyone, but, but they're not going to stop them out the door if they want to go back to the NFL. And, you know, why would you, how could you ever do that? Um, so this is kind of like a unique situation because the pr program is so fluid. And I, I have no doubt in my mind that some of these guys will make it to the NFL. Um, and, and that obviously adds validity to the program itself, right? If, if they come here, they train for a couple months, so they make it to the NFL, you know, that's awesome stuff to see all around. So obviously if rugby becomes the new dream, that, that's obviously awesome stuff and, and it will help out the Team USA in the long run. Um, but it's a, it's a fluid program. I know just talking to Peter Pask, he's recruiting year round. Um, I would assume it's gonna be, kind of be like a revolving door of people coming in and out making this team. And I'm sure a lot of them will fall in love with rugby and, and pursue this as their new dream. So. Uh, that's what I was talking about with Sean. Wanted to make sure I mentioned that. I wasn't sure how familiar people were with that. And and I guess, too, I guess I'll add on to that. Some of the other things is like, obviously, if the NFL comes, you're going to let them go. But even if an MLR team comes along and, and wants to scoop up these guys to go play, they're, they're going to let them do that as well, uh, which is another thing I think is pretty interesting about the whole thing. So it'll be something to keep an eye on as things kind of get rolling here next week. Um, so with that introduction, kind of a long one, got a little sidetracked there, but I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. Uh, we'll go ahead and kick it to my conversation with former Monmouth tight end and the newest member of the Rugby Town Crossover Academy, Sean Clark. <laughs> All right, now welcome on former Monmouth tight end and the newest member of the Rugby Town Crossover Academy, Sean Clark. Sean, how's it going, man? Hey, man, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thank you for, for joining me. Uh, you're my first interview of 2021, so, so I'm excited about the show. Uh, so, Sean, the, the way we start the show every every time, every guest, uh, is the easiest question of all is just, can you tell us a little bit about where you're from? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I'm, my name is Sean Clark. Uh, I grew up in a small town, Potsdam, New York, in uh, northern New York. It's actually in the Adirondack Mountains. And uh, I played football my whole life, baseball, basketball. Um, and, you know, I just kind of pursued football, you know, for my life. So Yeah. That's kind of where we're at now. Very nice. Uh, Sean, so uh, I guess kind of the elephants in the room is, can you tell people how tall you are? <laughs> so uh, I get asked this question a lot. Yeah, I'm sure tell... that's how it goes with tall people, right? I'm sure people are always <laughs> bothering you about how tall you are. Absolutely. So I usually tell people four foot, 32 and a half inches. Yeah, I like I'm, that's a good uh, answer. <laughs> but I'm 6'8". I'm, I'm Very nice. <laughs> I'm 6'8". Nice. Yeah. So... Uh, uh, can you kind of take us through your football career a little bit? I know you mentioned you played you played basketball. I'm sure that's uh, something else that people bring up a lot. But but you played tight end, right? So can you take us, you know, through your high school career, what what recruitment was like, and then we can kind of pick up from from there. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you know, growing up, actually uh, playing football, I, I never played tight end. Mm -hmm. um, I was I was a quarterback my whole life, from growing up all the way up through high school, and I played receiver for like a year. Mm -hmm. and uh, transitioned back to quarterback for my senior year. And I really ended up leaving my hometown of Potsdam, New York, um, when I was 16, my junior year, 
and I went to a boarding school in Massachusetts and, you know, just chasing the dream. Um, it's kind of hard, you know, where we're from, where I'm from anyway, um, to get noticed, just not a lot going on. So, you know, my family and I just decided that this was the best route for myself. And, you know, to, I pursued football that way and uh, went to a boarding school, Cushing Academy in uh -huh. uh, Massachusetts there and played two years there. Um, and I actually graduated early. I uh, had a, about six, seven offers, um, five to play quarterback, and then I had two to play tight end. Uh -huh. My mom at the university was actually one of those. So I said, you know, if they're going to give me a full ride, and you know, that's, the, that's obviously what we're here for. So yeah, um, I, I took the, the tight end offer, and I just kind of ran with it. That's awesome. I, we'll get back to, to football, but by, since you went, you mentioned you went to boarding school, what was that like? Because I'm a Denver guy. I feel like a, a lot of people that listen to the show are from Colorado locals to here, and and boarding schools aren't really like a thing here. I feel like that's such like a East Coast thing. So what was that like? Did you have other friends that kind of went to boarding school before you? Did you know what you were getting into when you when you made the decision to go there? So yeah, that's actually a good question. Um, I I didn't know what boarding schools were growing up because. Uh, Obviously, on the East Coast, as you said, um, we have quite a few, especially throughout New England. Um, but hockey is really big by us. And yeah. a lot of my friends that played hockey would even go to boarding school. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's that's how they would get their careers really kickstarted. You know, you go and play against great competition. And so when they know the opportunity arose for me to go to boarding school for football, um, it was kind of everyone was kind of like skeptic. Yeah. I guess skeptical of my decision you know because like oh it's a hockey thing like only hockey players do that but right. you know, it paid off so then so. when you went to college was that even like a that big of a change um not really you know like being at boarding school you have you live with you know the faculty so they live amongst you in in the dorms you know they have two to three dorm parents or families uh, right. per unit so you are on your own in a sense um it's definitely a, a chance to grow and to, you know, find yourself, you know, you have kids that it's from freshman year to, of high school all the way through a post-grad year. Yeah. So there's a there's a huge range of kids there. And, you know, it's just a great way to find yourself. You know, you're on your own. You have to, you know, somewhat fend for yourself and make, you know, adult decisions um, while also having some of that guidance. So, for sure. you know, the transition to college was definitely much easier be, having, you know, had that experience. Right. Yeah, so we can get back to football now. Just made made sure we squeeze, squeezed in a little uh, boarding school talk here on on this rugby podcast. But uh, so, what was it like playing at Monmouth? It was a great experience. Um, I think early on, uh, my first couple of years were kind of hard. After, you know, for me to transition, I had a, a tough transition. Just a how much we you know work the Division One level took. You know, right. if you're playing high level football, you're dedicated to football you have to be dedicated to the classroom as well mm -hmm. and, you know i found out that that out the hard way and you know i really had to straighten myself out and once i got the classroom taken care of uh, i think football it just became so much easier for me right you know not being under stress so you know my last three years at monmouth were you know the best three years of my life yeah um had the best career you know but my best uh, year of my career my senior year so you know i played under a great coach jeff gallo who uh, he's a t he's my tight end coach and the offensive coordinator and you know he was detrimental to my you know my whole my whole career like without right. him I would be nowhere right yeah that's so, awesome and I would imagine too switching positions like got to be kind of a hard thing too right I, I feel like I've yeah. seen more more tight ends 
I mean, like um, Logan Thomas comes to mind, right? Guy playing in the yeah, NFL, absolutely. used to play quarterback, and he switched to tight end and like kind of revitalized his career. I would assume like being a quarterback, you have an idea of, of kind of everything that's going on, but I'm sure I'm sure it's a lot different in its own right, right? Changing positions like that. Yeah, but it was uh, it kind of did make the transition, I guess, easier than you know having been you know a tight end getting thrown to quarterback or you know you change right. over to defense or something. Um, just because as a quarterback, like you said, you understand the game. You're, yeah. you know, you're in control of your offense. You're in control as as a leader, and you know you have a lot of responsibility. So switching positions, you already have you know a feel and understanding of what you're supposed to do at that position. And then, you know, really it just comes down to you know just being athletic and right. being able to transition and the, the footwork and yeah. you know, the routes and, and just you know the run game fits. And yeah, because that was gonna be my next question: is like, how much did you have to change your body? uh that was uh, actually a lot um yeah when i when i got first got to college you know as i said i was, I was a quarterback um i came in at 200 pounds uh, you know so i was six eight you know just a string bean mm-hmm. um and they just took a chance on me so you know i put on i think 25 pounds my freshman year and then Jeez. another 10 pounds my sophomore year and by my junior year i was about 240 and uh played my my senior year in my uh my uh, fifth year at 245 so you know 45 pounds yeah i gained your your job was to eat food right you just were eating just, all the time yeah my, my coach uh coach gallo we used to have a uh, whole pie fridays when i was gaining weight oh and gosh every, every friday we'd go to the dining hall and that was that was my lunch I'd that, whole pie. that sounds bad i feel like a lot of people might think that sounds good that sounds like kind of bad i wouldn't look forward to that day i don't think i know it, it was it was <laughs> tough but i tell you what you gotta love yeah pizza. you gotta do what you gotta do very nice so uh what happened after college i know you you had mentioned you well, i've read on you that you worked out for the colts so uh what was that like like what's what's your day-to-day like when when you're trying to get ready for the nfl um the, i mean as soon as the season ends um after your senior year you know just having that time to you know you don't have the time to get ready you know in between seasons right you're jumping yeah. right into it to start training for your pro day which is only four months away by the time the season ends. And so you you really have, you know, two weeks to get your body healthy, two, three weeks. And by that time comes for, uh, you know, when January hits, you're right back into a full training session. You know, yeah. you're up every single day. You're, you're having two a days every single day um, with workouts. And, you know, not only that, you're, you're in having to have film sessions and then you have to do yoga on the side and, and just things to take care of your body. So, right you know, just the whole process of just leading up to the NF, you know, that just the draft alone is, is, is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely a, it's definitely a trying of your, of your time management skills and For just, sure. you know, how committed you, you really are. Right. So then, uh, like, how did you get the invite to, to the Colts camp and, and what was that camp like? Was, was Philip Rivers throwing you the ball? <laughs> no, actually. So, I after the draft, um, you know, I was I was expecting to be signed after the draft as a as a free agent. Yeah. And you know, then the whole COVID thing with this going on that pretty much hurt all of us. Um, For sure. More so the undrafted guys. Um, so it took me up until August just to get that workout. And uh, you know, so we flew out there, and you know, you go through you're there for four days, and you know, you have to go through a series of of questions. Yeah. With, uh, you know, player personnel and, you know, just um, guys within the uh, the staff. Um, I, I know, don't mean to, 
Yeah, I don't mean to interrupt you. I wanted to make sure I asked this since you just mentioned it. Do you, I'm sure people have asked you this before. What was like the weirdest thing they asked you? Because I've seen some like weird questions come out of these interviews before. Uh, actually, I think the I don't know about weird, um, but they asked you know a, a tough question. I think the toughest one was, uh, what was the you know the lowest point in your life, the weakest point in your life where yeah. you made a horrible like the worst decision you've ever made. Yeah, you know, and they put you on on blast. And, yeah, that's a weird thing to just like tell to a complete stranger. Absolutely, I don't so, have any of those know, questions for you, Sean. Just keep that in the back of your mind. When <laughs> I appreciate it, yeah. man. But so that is that is an odd one. But anyways, I'm sorry to interrupt. You can continue with your story. So you're they're asking you all these questions over this like four day interview. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So basically, you know, you do a series of tests. You know, you do. Uh, one day you do a, a test on the computer with reaction skills and basically they, they, you do, you're sitting in a room for an hour and you know, they're just testing your reaction skills, how your brain works, your reaction time, mm -hmm. just all little things, you know, like, and then the next day you're talking to, um, play, head of player development and he's asking you everything that you've ever done, you know, just to get a feel for you. And can you be honest? Can you not be, are you trustworthy? Are you not, mm -hmm. you know, just to get a sense of who you are. And then, you know, you get to the actual workout and, you know, you, you just have to forget about everything else and just, just go perform. So, and, you know, it was, it was a cool um, introduction, you know, to being a professional athlete, but right. you know, there's, there's still a lot of hard work to, to be done. So, Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's so hard not to like get in your own head during that, that four day span too, probably thinking about so much stuff and analyzing so much stuff that, that you're talking about and doing that. That's just something else. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so the next thing I wanted to ask you kind of about football is like, since the more I've been talking to a lot of these guys that are making up this crossover team, uh, there's a lot of you guys lifted listed on this draft diamonds website. So I've done, done some research reading through the, the draft diamond stuff and like, how do those people get a hold of you? And I, those questions are, are kind of out there to me too. Um, so the draft diamonds guys, um, actually come to our practice. Okay. They, they, they travel around. They have, there's basically scouts. They scout players, um, draft eligible guys, the guy, you know, people that run these type of accounts Uh huh. and, um, you know, they want to get a feel for different guys under the radar guys that they want to interview specifically. That's what draft diamonds does. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they go around to these small schools and even some of the bigger schools, you know, and the less known guys. Right. Um, and just kind of watch practices and then, you know, they'll reach out towards the end of the season and, you know, for just a quick interview. And they have like the, you know, their preset questions and all that. Right. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is and, cool. Uh, they, they definitely they definitely put, you know, work into that job. It's not just, you know, just a questionnaire. Like, for sure. They do do things. They take notes on people. And, uh, you know, even professional, the pro scouts reach out to some of these guys, you know, and yeah, just for some of the questionnaires. That's so. interesting. I know. Cause yeah. I've seen, I've seen it floating around for a while. And, and like I said, I've, I've talked to so many people that are coming to make up this crossover Academy. A lot of them are listed on draft diamonds. Uh, so I thought I'd make sure I asked you about that too. So now we can get into some, some rugby stuff, Sean. So how did you get recruited to the rugby town crossover Academy? Um, so I was actually playing in uh, the spring league uh, mm -hmm. down in San Antonio here um, in this past fall of 2020. And the, I got an email actually from, from an account and it was actually in my, it was in my spams. Yeah. And so I, and I just looked at it and I'm like, it says rugby town crossover. And then it was a, 
a guy, the manager here, uh, Peter Paskew, who's a great dude now. And, uh, yeah. you know, he just reached out and he said, hey, we're at your game. Um, you know, like the way you play. And we'd really just like to sit down and have a you know, cup of coffee and just and just talk to you about this opportunity we'd like to present to you. Yeah. You know, and and being in the position that we are right now, like, you know, being a, a free agent and not having any sense of security, you know, right. and being a competitive nature, you know, you're going to take any opportunity you can get. So, you know, I kept all my options open and, and just kind of listened to what he had to say. Yeah. No, that's interesting. I, I know that you just reminded me too. I wanted to ask you about the spring league. Uh, how'd you get hooked up with the spring league and, and what was that like playing down in San Antonio? Cause I know we got a, I got a front row seat watching them. They had their summer camp out at the infinity park on the turf. So I went out and watched some of that. It looked, it looked really cool. Well, honestly, like a, it's something I had seen before. Like it's been floating around the internet. I've seen like some of the content they put out, but it's cool to see them like operate up close and personal like that. So I was just wondering how, what was your experience like down there in Texas? Um, it was, a, it was a, honestly a, a great experience. Um, my agent actually presented the opportunity to me mm-hmm. um, and got me, you know, the position to go down there. So, uh, you know, he's like, you know, just be ready to go. You know, you've been training for months. Here's another opportunity, you know, to showcase your talents, you know, basically. And it's just up to me. Right. And, you know, make the most and hopefully get another opportunity. So, you know, you go down there and it's a bu- it was a bubble format. Right. You know, with the whole COVID thing, you get tested and. And you're t- you, you know you're on a new team. You have we had a week to come together before our first right. game, and you know it was, it was awesome because we finally got to be on uh, national television with that the, with right. the spring league. They signed that new deal, so that was that was pretty cool to to be around. You know, even though we've you know I've played plenty of games right. throughout my career on, on TV, but to be but, a part of yeah, it never gets old like that. It never gets cool. old playing on TV like that. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. not. Yeah. So awesome. So yeah, the. Peter comes, sits, has coffee with you. What did you like think when, about the offer at first? Cause I'm sure, I guess that kind of leads into my next question is like, did you know anything about rugby before this opportunity? To be honest, I've probably touched the rugby once in my life. Yeah. It came out of my friend's toy box. Right. And, <laughs> you know, so no, I honestly, I, I knew nothing about rugby. Yeah. Like, obviously I know rugby is a, a sport and it's, you know, pretty badass. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm supposed to swear on this. But yeah, that's okay. You can say whatever you want. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you know, so I really had n- no idea what I was getting myself into. Yeah. As far as, you know, what what goes into the sport, what you have to do. Um, so, like I said, I basically just listened to what he had to say. Yeah. And then they, uh, you know, he t- told me that they would fly me out and, and just let me watch. And they'd talk to me and I get to talk to the staff. And they'd introduce me, you know, and just kind of tell me what they were looking to do with me, you know, right. with this opportunity, what their whole, you know, process was and reasoning. So, very nice. You know, I, you know, I just kept my, op- my options open and and took the flight. Yeah. So, so you came out for the camp then, right? And not in November. So, was that like at the tail end of the spring league stuff? Yeah. So that was when after the spring league had just got shut down. Mm-hmm. So that last week there there was a an outbreak so right. everyone that tested positive had to stay and then anyone that didn't we got to leave okay so uh i flew right from san antonio right to denver and uh just stayed there they had me here for two days and you know it was a really cool experience to to get to watch the guys and yeah and, and just see how you know the game works it's right it's, it's awesome and it's awesome now you know i got to experience it so right yeah so had you been to denver before 
No, I've never been anywhere. Texas was the furthest place I've ever been. Oh, really? Interesting. Uh, so, yeah. so what did you think of the facility and stuff? You know, it's it's really nice actually. Um, they have a nice spot over here. They have their you know their workout facility. Their stadium's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, all the facilities inside are nice, and and just this whole area around Denver is is beautiful to begin with. So, you know, it's a really great atmosphere and something that I'm excited to be a part of. Yeah, for sure. So so obviously like this is all new to you you're you're a lot of stuff coming at you really fast you're moving so like when when you decided like this is something that, that you wanted to give a try uh like what have you done to kind of familiarize yourself with rugby like have you been switching up your training at all have you been watching new stuff or like what has kind of was kind of your life looked like from when you decided to come to now that you're here um to be honest nothing really changed in my training yeah uh, i just you know i just kind of started running a little bit more but you know, I started watching uh, videos of the position I'm supposed to, they would like me to play and, you know, just get a feel for the game, you know, right. what a scrum is and, you know, you know line outs and things like that. So, you know what they're going to have you play? Yeah. Uh, left lock. Nice. I think is what they, they want to have me play. Yeah. So. I can imagine you're not going to lose many line outs when they start lifting you up. No, no, actually. You, we, you, we you can catch on you're nice and tall. Yeah yeah so it's it's fun man it's it's definitely something new and interesting yeah cool man so uh now that you're here uh what what's kind of the day-to-day look like for you now i know you got covid tests and stuff going on and stuff's really supposed to start get rolling next week so like what what kind of are you up to uh, in these days leading up to practice um you know still sort of just trying to get accustomed to you know to the move yeah um, i drove 25 hours from Oof. new york just to get here um so you know having to move in and right be a part start to meet some of the guys and and, and go through the testing process yeah it's it really i'm just still trying to get accustomed i've for been sure. here for four days now so yeah um it, but it's been awesome you know we ha- we get up in the mornings um they start working out at you know we have a little group of forwards at nine yeah we get on the field at like 10 30 with uh some of the coaches and just work on just little skills you know and just yeah. start to get prepared and familiarized before we actually get on the field very nice sean uh that's really all the questions i have for you man so uh thanks so much for your time i appreciate it uh looking forward to watching you learn the sport and i'm really excited to see what the program does so i'll be around obviously i'm looking forward to catching up with you in person here pretty soon awesome thank you for having me man yeah of course man thank you (laughs) all right i hope everybody enjoyed that conversation with sean clark uh big shout out to sean for taking some time out of his day to come chat with me Um, You know, I say it every week. I'm going to keep saying it, even though it's a new year. The guests make the show. Uh, So, obviously, uh, big shout-out to Sean. Thank you for taking the time. I really enjoyed the conversation. Hope everybody did did as well. Uh, So, with that, we'll go ahead and close the show out with the loop. So, like I mentioned, the Crossover Academy starting for real next week. Uh, Real deal, Holyfield. I will cover that Crossover Academy like my life depends on it. Um, I know I have some details about it. Obviously, we'll, I think I'll wait till next week until we kind of get into it. But um, some of the things I can't share, they're, they're getting tested twice a week. Um, this, was a pro- this is a program that will run from now until probably the end of May. I know there's a lot of CFL players that are going to make up this roster, so those guys are going to go play uh, football in Canada after this is over. It'll be interesting to see kind of the seasons they have before they played rugby, after they played rugby, and I know kind of what happens with them uh, when when the CFL season is over. I'll uh, be sure to try to follow up with people on that. But obviously, that's looking way far ahead. Uh, so, you know, and then obviously as matches get scheduled, I'll be sure to let everybody know about it. Like I said, I'll cover it like my life depends on it. 
Uh, the best way you can keep up with us is on Twitter at the NVR underscore rugby and at Colton Strickler. Um, and check out all the work we're doing on thednvr.com. Like I said last week, I'm working on some special projects I'm excited about. It's taking a lot of work. I'm finally making some progress, so reaching out to the right people. And I will, you know, provide everyone a timeline update with that when I get it. Um, but just a lot of emails, a lot of calls, a lot of reaching out. Uh, so it should be pretty cool when I'm done, though. Uh, I'm ready for a good 2021. I hope everybody is as well. So that's the show. Thank you to everyone for listening. I hope you had a good week. I hope you have a great weekend. And I'll catch you all back here next week. <laughs> <laughs>